This is Kevin Brebaker from Modus and Charlotte All-Star Cheerleading. You're listening to the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Have a great day. God bless you. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 77. Not sure if there's going to be a 78, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today we have on Kevin Brubaker. To say this guy is a pioneer and a trailblazer in the industry is an understatement. Founder and still owner of the Charlotte All-Stars, the man who introduced the spring floor to the industry because he wanted a safer environment for the athletes to compete on at his new competition called Cheer Sport. Yes, that's right, I said Cheer Sport. And he's still making bold moves in the industry with his new company, Modus. But before we get into that, do us a favor and share this podcast with someone who loves cheer as much as you do. And guys, I say that line every episode, but we do not grow without you. So please share this episode with someone, share it on your Facebook, share it on your Instagram. We would really appreciate that. Be More will be back with us in a couple of weeks, which means we're bringing back the question of the week. So if you have a question that you want answered on the show, in the show notes, there's a link for you to submit your questions. Speaking of show notes, also in the show notes, you can actually make a real-life financial donation for as little as 99 cents a month, and that would mean a ton to us. Donations help us produce a better quality show for your listening pleasure, and anything helps. Shout out to Sheila, Sarah, my mother, and Robin. Really appreciate you guys for all the donations that you guys make. If it's your first time here, thank you guys for checking out the show You'll want to subscribe. We have new episodes every Tuesday, and comp season is right around the corner, and you do not want to miss any of those episodes. And real quick, another random shout-out, but this time I'm going to give a shout-out to all the cheer dads who faithfully listen to the show. Noel, Ryan, Pablo, love you guys. Appreciate that you guys listen to the show consistently. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a man I'm so excited to introduce to you guys. Without further ado, my conversation with Kevin Brubaker. Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Jason. Glad to be here. Flattered to be here. So good afternoon to you. No, I had to have you on the show. When I saw you at the Spirit Network at Tammy's um, Coaches Conference, I sat in your class and you're going through and you're telling your story. You're like, well, you know, let me just start off by like painting the picture of who I am and what I've done in the industry. And I was like, I've got to have him on the podcast. That's exactly what I was thinking as you were speaking. I was like, I've got to have him on the podcast. So, you know, here we are a um, couple months later, but glad that we will make it happen. So here we are. Well, that was a cool thing to get to go to the Bahamas. Uh, you know, that was a cool thing in general to be at a coaches conference there and, I love that it was about a hundred people that small and private to be with some of my really good friends, uh, old friends, new friends. It was pretty awesome to be there. So it was a great, 
for Jen and I, we've never taught classes together. And so that was fun for both of us, more fun for me than her. Cause she's an introvert. Mm-hmm. I'm extrovert, but it was a great experience. So it was good to reconnect with you as well. There we go. All right. So, um, let's, let's start at the beginning, Kevin. Um, how'd you get into cheer? <laughs> well, uh, grew up in Sheridan, Wyoming, a small town, about 12,000 people. And I was a gymnast. So I started doing gymnastics in fifth grade. My older brother was a high school and collegiate gymnast. And so I knew how to tumble. So going to gymnastics practice back then, gymnastics was a high school sport. I tumbled all through grade school, middle school, and then started on the gymnastics team in high school. And then also was coaching gymnastics at our local YMCA, teaching recreation gymnastics classes in ninth grade. So I was 14 years old and on the gymnastics team and 14 years old and coaching gymnastics. And so um, been doing it ever since. So I just turned 55. So I've been coaching for 41 years, counting when I started in ninth grade. So I knew how to tumble and went on to college thinking that I might play baseball and was burnt out on baseball and got to Wingate University, which is a small school outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And I actually got a little scholarship money. It was a small Southern Baptist school. My dad was a Southern Baptist minister for 50 years. And because I knew how to tumble, uh, I cheered in college. So it was amazing. Cheered all four years of college at Wingate. Cheered two years of graduate school at University of North Carolina in Charlotte. And that's where I got my connection to uh, starting a gym or coaching at a gym. Um, While I was in high school, I coached all those years in high school, just at the Y. And then when I got to college, uh, my freshman year of college, I tried out and made the cheerleading team. And my cousin was in Charlotte at a local high school. She was a year younger than me. She was a senior in high school. And I was going to her high school practices and helping spot back handsprings in the grass And we'd learn a pyramid at college and I would go teach it to her high school team. I had no idea what I was doing, never stunned before. And I was like, oh, I learned how to do a prep kind of like this. And, you know, and, you know, and so I taught it to the high school team and, you know, they paid me like $5 to be there, which was enough gas to get me there. So I started coaching school teams literally as a freshman in high school, having no idea what I was doing and did that all through uh, college. And then, um, And then in graduate school, my graduate school cheer coach worked at a local gym. I got a job as a tumbling coach and a boys gymnastics coach and was doing, working with a couple school teams. And that was in 1990. And that's where I started Charlotte All-Stars. Our first year was working with those school kids and put together an all-star team in 1990. There we go. Good stuff. All right. And so tell me more about the, um, the all-star gym. So tell me more about Charlotte all-stars. So you tell me how you got started, but just, you just had this legacy in the uh, industry. I saw you guys at, um, not any performance, but we went to Nashville this year. Um, one up the one up event. Okay. Yeah. And, and we were in the, we were, one of our teams was about to walk on stage. And so we're walking through the, those little back hallways and I see Charlotte All-Stars. And I stopped the kids like, guys, that's Charlotte All-Stars. Like, man, I love this program. Like, they used to do this thing. And da, da. So I give them this quick history lesson on Charlotte All-Stars. Because we never get this. You know, when we go out there, there's so many programs right. that we don't get to see on a regular basis. So it's really cool, um, you know, seeing you guys there. And like, hey, man, I love Charlotte All-Stars. That's my gym right there. So, um, so, yeah, so just tell me about – go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just so, re- so real being in Nashville because I remember going – to WCA nationals at Christmas time 
in the early 90s in Nashville. And that's before the Delta Ballroom or the Delta Hotel part or the Delta Convention Center was even built. And so that came years later. So I've been going to Opryland Hotel before it became as massive as what it is now back in the early 90s, which is crazy. So we've been going to different competitions in Nashville for years. But yeah, so we started in 1990. We had one team, uh, you know, back then everyone competed against everybody. I remember the first year went to NCA was in 93. It was at Christmas time. They didn't have all-star nationals. And so um, started competing there and thought it was the best thing ever. And then in 1994, we won NCA nationals uh, our second time going there. And so that put us on the map as being a gym uh, that, you know, was good enough to win. And we won NCA. The crazy thing was in 1995, we won UCA the next year. And so back then, gyms very seldom did NCA and UCA. And we were one of the mm-hmm. few that did both. I didn't work for either company. We lived in Charlotte. So we flew to Dallas. We drove to Orlando. And it just worked out that both were on our schedule because of the convenience of where, when, and where both competitions were. And so, yeah. Uh, but the year in 95, I kid you not, Jason, we won uh, senior all-star, whatever the large division was uh, in 1995. And that year we were on TV 50 times. I mean, every <laughs> rain out for a baseball game, they put on the UCA high school or the all-star national oh, really? every yeah. delay for, I mean, we were on, I mean, I had high school and college friends saying, Hey, congratulations, you know, all year long. Tell me, cause they just saw it for the first time that mm-hmm. we won nationals, but we were on ESPN that year like 50 times. And so that was yeah. winning NCA the year before and winning UCA. And that's what kind of put us on the map per se, as far as, you know, growing a cheerleading business. And, you know, and we were, that's what helped us grow in the early years. Um, so Charlotte All-Stars, we're in our 33rd season right now. Uh, we're the oldest mm-hmm. gym that we know of in the country. I, there may be someone older. I don't know who it is. Um we, there's gyms that started before us. I think Greensboro All-Stars is the same as us. They're, I think they're in year 33 as well. Obviously, Q94 Rockers with Hilda McDaniel. When they started in Richmond, they started before us, but they've been gone for many years. Unfortunately, she passed away years ago. But I don't know of gyms that have actually been around longer than us. And so maybe you know. Uh, I put that out to our audience. I mean, what's the oldest cheerleading gym in the country? I don't know who it is. I think we're one of them, yeah. if not the one. So I honestly don't know. So, but 19, we've done 1990, you guys started 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if any, if anyone knows, let us know if you know a gym older than 19. Yeah. I told you before we started recording that American cheer started in 94. So right. a couple years behind you guys. Um, but yeah, 19, I don't know. I would, I'm sure you probably know when cheer athletics started. 94 as well. Same as American 94. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So that's the only other gym I would um, think of, you know, and I know there's some teams in Texas that started before that, but I don't know if they're around any longer. I know pro spirit started before that, but I don't, they're not pro spirit anymore. So I honestly don't know. I mean, there may be, there was a couple of gyms in Florida that were around before us, but they're not around any longer. There's gyms that have certainly maybe still been in the same building or switched owners or switch names or switch whatever. And we've been in the same place mm-hmm. with the same owners in the same name for 33 years. So, yeah. uh, you know, um, Dude, congratulations. but anyway, that, that, that's what I know. I'm curious what's out there. So let me know what you find out. So, yeah, real quick. So here's just a general question, especially for, um, 
the owners that uh, listen in. What's what do you feel like your secret to success has been of of staying in business? Because there's been so many different, like you said, gyms come and they go and they start and they stop. But you've been able, you know, longevity has been, you know, one of your things. So what what do you kind of feel like is a secret to that? Well, I mean, we can, I don't know, fast forward. I mean, starting cheer sport didn't hurt our Charlotte All-Star business. I can tell you that. <laughs> you, know, you know, it was like, uh, you know, in all seriousness, in those early years, I mean, you know, I, I don't know anyone t- that worked harder than I did in the early years. I mean, I, I went mm-hmm. 10 years in a row and never worked less than a 90-hour work week. And I mean, mm-hmm. never. I mean, I I can remember during the summers of those early years, I would do all-star practice for our senior team from seven to 10 in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then on Tuesday, Thursday, I would do our second senior team from seven to 10 in the morning during the summer. And we had to be done at 10 because I was teaching a camp from 10 to five, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and another camp with another school team on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And yeah. on my lunch break, I would teach a tumbling class or do a private lesson on lunch. And then I'd be done with camp at five o'clock. I had a five o'clock, six o'clock and seven o'clock tumbling class that I did all summer long, Monday through Thursday, basically Friday nights I had off. But then even when I would be done teaching at eight o'clock, I would stay and do choreography and do music and put together the routines for camp for the next day Mm -hmm. until midnight, go home, get six hours of sleep and come back and start over at seven o'clock the next morning. I did that for 12 weeks of summer for, for years because I had to. And so, you know, the work ethic that came with that, I've I've literally had a job since I was, since I was 10 years old, I got my first job as a paper out uh, when I was 10, I had a paper out for eight years and I've had a job literally since I was 10 years old. And so I have Mm -hmm. some work ethic. Um, My father was a Southern Baptist pastor for 50 years Uh, growing up in Wyoming. Do you know how many Southern Baptists there are in Wyoming? Not very many. So, you know, he had to work for what he did. He held two jobs while he was a pastor. And I think I've always had a work ethic for my parents. And that led into looking like, you know, our staff. I was like, what can I do to help our staff make money without having to do 50,000 private lessons like I was doing mm-hmm. to just be able to pay their bills and be able to afford being a coach in a gym in the mid to late 90s? And that's when we started thinking about the cheerleading competition business. And so we did our first competition in our gym literally in 1993. And then yep. that grew. We did a couple of competitions in the Charlotte area. Um, we combined with some other gyms in North Carolina to form the North Carolina All-Star Coaches Association. Let me tell you some of the rock stars of that group. So uh, we had Wilmington All-Stars, which was amazingly program uh, yep. back I in the 90s. competing against them. I competed against I, them, or I didn't compete against them at UCA, but they were the, they won yeah, small co-ed the year we won large co-ed at UCA. They were amazing. So, yep. um, Kathy Bucky owned Champion in Raleigh, Don Collins owned Spirit Express in Chapel Hill or in Durham, actually. Um, Amy Tyler owned Greensboro All-Stars in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Charlotte All-Stars. I mean, we had seven or eight cheerleading gyms in North Carolina that were better than some of the gyms across the country. And so we had an yeah. all-star coaches association and we were doing different competitions. And that led to, you know, us having the first uh, North Carolina state championship that we hosted, like in, I think probably 1994 or 95. But when I hosted it, it had gym, different gym owners host the competition. 
we had gyms at our North Carolina event from five different states. We had North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, and Virginia. Yeah. And that got me the idea of, you know, I should do a, you know, a national event and what does that look like and where are we going to do it? And so literally, um, you know, trying to do competition where our coaches could work a couple of these events on the weekends, make a few hundred dollars and not have to do so many private lessons and still coach at Charlotte All-Star. So that's how we started doing competitions. Literally, I called every gym I knew in the Carolinas and Virginia and said, hey, we're thinking about doing a Nationals in Atlanta or Charlotte. Would you come? And everyone's like, yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to come. I called every gym I knew in Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee, and they said, yeah, we would definitely not go to Charlotte. And I was like, oh, all right, I guess I'll do it in Atlanta. So, you know, it's like, so our yeah. first Nationals in Atlanta was in 1997, and that's where Cheer Sport got its start. Uh, we had 32 teams in a high school gym. In 1997, that event was actually smaller than our state event that we did in North Carolina for a couple of years. Really? And obviously it grew and, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. So, so that's the, so for everyone who wasn't paying attention, that's the origins of cheer sport, everyone like cheer sport, cheer sport. That's the origins right there. So, yeah. So you have cheer sport. Um, and then how long did you have cheer sport for? before so i i ran it for there? almost 20 years so okay. so in 97 and some you know the, the cool thing was we had our first competition in our gym in 1993 and we did it on the gymnastic spring floor and everyone was like this is awesome this is better for shin splints better for knee problems better for ankles and so we're like well we're just going to do competitions on spring floors and we did every event i made my first spring floor in the garage with a foam block and some mm-hmm. Velcro and we, you know, attached it to the boards. And so and we spliced it together with um, pins and, and drop pins and, and brackets. And so we made the first spring floor and that's what cheer sport started off with. And then obviously the, the biggest thing was level play. So in 1997, mm-hmm. we had two levels at cheer sport nationals. We had intermediate and advanced and you had your choice. You could do one or the other, whichever one you wanted. And so, then in 1998, we grew from 32 teams to about 75 teams. We offered three more divisions. So we had novice and uh, we added novice and elite and then to the intermediate and advanced. And then in 1999, we added Excel and we spent a year arguing what we should talk at, or what, should we, what we should call it. And so Excel, which is now level four. And then in 2000, we added basics and we spelled it B-A-S-I-X because it was the base of six levels, which was basic. So it <laughs> yeah. was basics and then it was novice, which became level two and then intermediate became level three. Excel was level four. Uh, advanced was level five and then elite was level six. And so that became yeah. so that all was done for us in 2000. And then in 2003 or 2004, the USASF came along. The NACCC came along and, you know, they literally took our guidelines. The USASF took it here. NACCC took it here. And it wound up being almost exactly where it is now today. It's changed obviously over the years, but pretty much that was the levels that we invented for cheer sport. So that level play idea and those spring floor ideas turned out to be pretty revolutionary for the all-star world. And I'm proud to be part of one of the people that helped come up with it. So it's pretty amazing. No, that's awesome. And I'm, you know, I'm sure our audience even know that this, these stories, like, oh, we're talking to the guy behind cheer sport and the spring floor level play. Like, this is super cool. This is a random question. I just want to see if you have either an educated guess behind it, or you actually might know the reason. Um, 
but you introduced the spring floor into the industry. But why do you think that spring floors have not made it to, or why we don't use spring floors in high school or uh, collegiate cheerleading? I think bottom line is money. I mean, a good spring floor costs fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. Even back then, I mean, we were using AAI stratum board floors. They cost about twenty five thousand dollars, and that's just a big expense. You know, that's why gymnastics in schools went away because it was expensive. Equipment is expensive. Mm-hmm. Bars, beam, vault, high bar, a ring tower, that stuff all costs a lot of money. I mean, you know, you have that stuff in your gym. That stuff's expensive and so is the spring floor. So the reality was rolling out seven or nine rolls of foam was way cheaper and way easier expense-wise. And so I think most schools are still in that same market. It's a lot easier mm-hmm. to do a competition with a foam floor than it is to set up a spring floor. And so And, and to actually store a spring floor. Or Correct. not store a spring floor. Yeah, so, it takes yeah, so a lot. Most your places don't have a dedicated facility. High school or college oh. have a dedicated facility for their. Uh, I'll use a quote place. from, you know, people always ask which one's better, which one's safer, which one do you like more? I mean, you know, we did it because I had a cheer gym that had a gymnastics team as well. And our cheerleaders, it made their shin splints and their knees and ankles feel better doing routines on a spring floor. And so that was the bottom line for me is like, this just makes their body feel better. There's not as many injuries. And so the great Roger Chandra from Stingray All-Stars, I, I, I'm quoting him something to the effect of back when this is such a huge topic 30 years ago. And he said, well, I don't know if it's safer. I don't know if it's better. I don't know, you know, which one you like more or the other. All I know is when you land on your head on a spring floor, you bounce. And you don't on a regular foam floor. And he's like, so take that however you want to. And so I was like, well, and it is very true. A spring yeah. floor is more bouncy than a regular floor. So, yeah, true story. All right. So you have cheer sport and then you eventually sell to varsity. Um, so Correct. to walk me through that, that process, what was, okay. the, what was like the decision behind that? And, and every, that really shook the world. Well, um, so as cheer sport grew, I mean, we literally started with 32 teams and then year two, we were like 75, uh, year three, we, we kept doubling. So we went to 150. the next year we we're almost like 275 and then we were at 450. And then the growth was like, you know, and part of that, while we were doing that, people were going, well, that Charlotte all-star guy can do a competition. I can do a competition. So that's when the competition birth just really grew with mm-hmm. other all-star gym owners doing competitions that's uh you know our friends from premier sharks uh created athletic championship our friends from you know carolina all-stars and and um james speed with um gym time they created spirit sports you know a lot of people were doing competitions that were in the the all-star gym business and so mm-hmm. um a lot of people didn't know my name they're just like oh that Charlotte all-star guy he does cheer sport if he can do it anybody can do it kind of thing so so as we grew and grew and grew, I mean, a part of that was, you know, combating against varsity. The f- varsity family plan was really growing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take credit for the varsity family plan, but we used to do a rebate for cheer sport. That was the first of its kind. If you came mm-hmm. to any two cheer sport events, we gave you money back. So we wanted you to do the local event and we wanted you to come to Atlanta. And so we started writing checks to give people money back at the end of the season and that we were the first to do a rebate plan like that um, in the early you know, 2000s is when we started doing a rebate. So yeah. um, 
I probably, we, the biggest scare Jason was, and we had to cancel a couple of competitions here, there. I remember an ice storm one time in Greensboro, North Carolina, cost us about $25,000. We had to cancel the event. We didn't get our money back from the facility. We had spent all this money on trophies and, you know, stuff that we had to do, uh, you know, first night of hotel, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it cost us about $25,000 and I didn't have $25,000 to lose at a competition, not counting the money we didn't make from that event. So that we've had that happen a couple times. Ironically, it never happens in Buffalo, New York. We used to do a cheer sport event there at the end of January. Never had an issue. Yeah, it snowed. No big deal. Uh, we had snow in Pittsburgh one year. We just started the competition an hour later. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But along the Mason-Dixon line, Richmond, Raleigh, Greensboro, wherever there can be ice, ice is destructive. And so people can't drive in it. You can't function in it. And those are the, the cancellation of those events that cost you tons of money. Well, years after doing cheer sport, they had a horrible ice storm in Atlanta, Georgia. And this is probably, I'm guessing 10 years ago, maybe eight or nine years ago. I don't remember exactly when it was, but people died in the ice storm. People froze to death on the freeway. They could not move. The The bridges were so iced over. They had nowhere to go. They stayed in their cars and they literally froze to death. I mean, it, the city was shut down for like four or five days. No power anywhere. I mean, that was a really scare, uh, scary for the city. And it happened like three weeks before cheer sport nationals. Mm-hmm. And we were just sitting there going, if that ever happened during cheer sport or before cheer sport, it would bankrupt us because literally mm-hmm. 80 to 85% of our entire profit for the entire year came from that one big event during yeah. the weekend. And so it just scared us, you know, being a entrepreneur and being a small business owner that had this massive competition, uh, you know, that was just one of the things where we went, golly, you know, weather is scary. The varsity family plan was growing. And so, uh, you know, we were looking to sell to Jamfest or looking to sell to varsity. And we kind of, you know, had conversations with both and it worked out that uh, varsity was the better deal. And so we sold to them. Uh, they gave me a three-year a job basically to run cheer sport the way it was. And so I did that for two years and then I switched to a different job um, to be the national sales director for varsity all-star for new business development. And I did that for five years um, after I left cheer sport. So cheer sport was often and smoothly running, you know, it, it became a, just a, a constant machine kind of thing. We had done it for so long. We've been in the same building for so many years I mean, it was like clockwork. We had an amazing staff and amazing people that had done it for so many years. You know, that was the question people always said is, how do you, how do you run an event with 1,200 teams? I was like, well, I started off with 32 in a high school, and then we grew to 75, and we grew to 150. You know, we grew into 1,200 teams, um, and it was, it, it was magical and amazing and awesome. But, you know, we had so many staff and so many people help run that thing. And it just became a well-cogged machine because we had just grown into that over the years. And so yeah. when we sold it to varsity. Um, it was part of it was the weather. Part of it was combating the varsity family plan. Part of it was it just was the right time for me and where I was with my family and the decision to be able to do that and have a little bit of less pressure of uh, not having to go against varsity, being part of varsity. And so it just seemed like the right decision. We'd been praying about it and thinking about it for a couple of years and it just seemed like the right timing. So it worked out great. So there we go. 
All right, so now let's talk about this this new role that you had that you had with Varsity as the okay. national sales director for new development, right? So what what the heck is that? What do you do? What's that position all about? So so I did that for five years. Um, it was basically uh, so all I'm sure you know Varsity had you know anywhere from ten to twelve sales advisors. They had many different people in charge of sales and talking to Jim. So I'm proud to be one of the original. Uh, sales guys and cheerleading. So in my span with CheerSport, I visited personally around 1,100 gyms and gym owners all over the country. So took me to all 50 states nationwide. I've been to your gym a couple of times. That's why I know your gym owner. That's why I know Jenner from, from before you uh, many years. And so, you know, I love, I'm a gym rat at heart. And so I love the gym business. Probably my favorite thing about CheerSport is yes, we had the top gum and the world cups and the stingray all-stars and the premieres and cheer athletics and all these amazing gyms from all over the country come to cheer sport nationals. My favorite thing about it was we had some gyms you never heard of before. A third of the teams that came to cheer sport were small gyms with five or less teams that came from Iowa or Ohio or Alaska or Hawaii or Arkansas or, you know, all over the Southeast and we love that. We love having the variety at Cheer Sport Nationals. We just felt like that was a huge spice of life. And so when I took the job in sales for varsity, it was trying to be able to grow uh, the all-star business with gyms nationwide, uh, trying to grow gyms to be able to participate in the varsity family plan by upping the amount of events they went to, trying to, uh, you know, I was one of the few people nationwide that had been to all 50 states. I mean, I know geography very well. And so I can tell you why I feel like this market is good here and what gyms and programs are going to go there or why this market is better, you know, and just different parts of the country from literally because I've been everywhere. It just helped me in that role, try to be able to sell competitions to gyms nationwide. And so the sales directors for Varsity All-Star were great. I taught a couple lectures every year at our national sales conference and just try to build relationships and help them. They're all most, not all, they were all younger than me. I was the old guy on the block and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just, I had a lot of knowledge about sales and visiting gyms and building relationships that was, uh, you know, beneficial to help varsity grow uh, in selling their competitions to literally gyms that were small and big alike nationwide. There we go. All right. So now we're at the point where you still own Charlotte all-stars um, no longer with Varsity, but you have the new venture going on with Modus. So tell us about Modus and what's going on there. So, um, so unfortunately, uh, COVID came along and I lost my job with Varsity, like lots of people. And so that was a bummer. And so after, uh, you know, I, I got a dozen job offers from the cheerleading world saying, hey, let's build this together. or Let's do this competition or let's do this. Or do you want to join us with this? And you know, none of them were really that appealing and were just something that really grabbed me right away. And so I've been friends with um, Kelly Elliott uh, from Pacific Coast Magic for years after visiting her gym years ago. Uh, Stacy Rowe got her start, not her start, but she ran Premier Clayton outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. So we competed against each other. She was a huge cheer sport customer. But uh, the, the main two are Cole Stodd and Casey Jones. And so I knew Casey when he was at Amer- when he coached at uh, American All-Stars in Georgia before mm-hmm. he bought uh, his first gym and before they changed out to Stingrays. I've literally known Casey for 25 plus years. 
and Cole for about the same uh, for all the years that he did Premier Athletics, Premier, both gyms in Knoxville were huge cheer sport customers. I can remember one time, I think 12 or 14 different Premier gyms were competing at cheer sport nationals. It was like, they were our biggest customer. And so I was like, you know, I loved Cole and I didn't even know him that well, but he was bringing, you know, 50 teams to Atlanta. Of course we loved Premier. So, but I've learned over the years in my friendship with Cole and my friendship with Casey, you know, I've taken some things from Stingrays to help Charlotte All-Stars. I've taken some things from Premier Athletics. I've spoken at a couple of their conferences over the year for their staff and it's helped Charlotte All-Stars. I've given Casey some advice on what I've done with Charlotte All-Stars to be able to help Stingrays. I've given Cole some advice on what I've done at Charlotte All-Stars to be able to help the franchise with Premier. And so we've just kind of learned things from each other. And that grew into let's do a community of gym owners and gym businesses that can feed off each other, that can help each other grow their business, grow their participation and grow their bottom line and hopefully making gym owners more money. And so, you know, and again, I'm going back to I'm a gym rat at heart. I'll keep saying that, you know, I love the gym business. And unfortunately, some amazing gyms have shut down over the years that just should not have shut down. Some amazing gyms shut down during COVID that I'm just breaks my heart that, you know, they just could not make it for whatever reason. And part of that is, and I'll just give you some generic numbers. Uh, let's say there's a hundred million dollars being made in the all-star cheer world. And right now, only about 10% of that $10 million is going to the gym owners. And we're going, golly, that's just not enough. And that means $90 million is going out to competition fees, uniforms, shoes, apparel, music, choreography, camps. I mean, probably 50 million is going to bows alone, just the bow people. I mean, it's amazing, you know? So, but, you know, we're just looking at that going, golly, as a gym owner, I want gyms to make more money and I want gyms to be able to pay their staff more. I want them to be able to grow their participation. And so we're looking at this from Modus going, how can we create a community of gym owners to grow their business, to be able to help them themselves personally help them business-wide, help them financially, and help their numbers, which hopefully grows the entire market uh, across the country is what our goal is. Yeah. So give me some examples of how Modus actually accomplishes that. Okay. So I would say we have, um, you know, looking at what our ideas are. So going from, uh, you know, so for our membership, uh, let's say we have 100 gyms that join Modus. So if we have 100 gyms that join that's anywhere from around a thousand teams. So we have a thousand teams part of Modus. That's anywhere from seventeen to eighteen thousand members, athletes that are part of Modus. Well, the buying power that comes from that could be awesome. Uh, you know, if we wanted to buy a shoe at a, a cheaper rate, and we're buying eighteen thousand shoes, that's better than in my gym. I only have, you know, three hundred and fifty all stars. I might get a better rate if I'm selling eighteen thousand pair of shoes as opposed to 350 pair of shoes, um, you know, trying to be able to help gyms with what they do as far as, you know, Casey, Cole, Stacy, and Kelly and I, we all have knowledge of, you know, I have some stuff I paid a lot of money for, for my accountant or from my lawyers or what our employee handbooks look like or what our staff contracts look like. We just have a lot of information of stuff we've taught at coaches conferences. We have videos, I mean, you know, I think the Stingray jump system is worth, you know, more than $5 alone. If I can get my kids to jump like Stingrays, 
uh, my scores are going to go up. And so, you know, that's mm-hmm. been an amazing video that we got from Stingray All-Stars. You know, that kind of information is in our vault of Modus to be able to use for our members. And so, and we're doing some of the typical things, you know, a private Facebook page for our members. We're doing a monthly Zoom call with our members to try to give them information. But the biggest thing is, is building this community. Um, we want there to be some give and some take. And so we want you to join. We want you to be part of our community, but we want you to also to provide and give us information as well. And so, you know, we want everyone that's involved to share a video with us, to give us a lecture, to put into our vault, to be on one of our uh, Zoom calls as our special guest to talk about whatever their passion is based on our calendar of all the stuff we have going on through the entire year. So we just think there's a lot of ways that we can help each other. So we are a consulting firm. We are also your friends. We're also, you know, been established 150 plus years between the five of us in the all-star cheerleading and gymnastics world. And we just think we have a lot of knowledge to be able to help gyms make more money. And so I don't know if anyone's been to more than 1100 gyms. That's how many I've been to in my sales career. And so, I mean, I've designed a hundred gyms myself just to be able to make gyms more profitable on how they use their space better uh, just by turning a couple of things. And so mm-hmm. we just have a lot of knowledge. I mean, as Casey has grown Stingrays, um, as Cole and Stacy have grown Premier, uh, what uh, Kelly learned in her time as she started with one Pacific Coast Magic and grew that to multiple locations. Everyone's got multiple locations except for me. I only have the mm-hmm. one Charlotte All-Star location. Many years ago, we had five Charlotte All-Star locations and there was a lot of things that went bad with that. Uh, I was not the director during that span. I was really busy with cheer sport. And uh, so, you know, we've all made mistakes, good and bad, as business uh, owners and business decision makers. And we want to share the good and the bad to try to be able to help gyms with their own business to try to have a brighter future moving forward. Yeah. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. So it sounds like first you have one, like a vault of videos or programs that coaches and owners would have access to. So one would be on the business side as far as, you know, how you run a, I'm just making stuff up right now, but you can clarify um, how to run a, a staff meeting or how to train, you know, X, Y, and Z skills, things more on, you know, managing, you know, the actual staff and running the business. Correct. Um then you have things for actual coaches, right? So like you said, yes. in the vault, there's going to be the stingrays jumps. You know, here's how we teach jumps. Here's how we teach back handsprings. Here's how we teach, you know, and people contribute to that side of the vault. And then and then programs or, you know, information on how to actually grow your actual business, right? The actual marketing part and things like that. Does that sound right? Is there anything you want to clarify? Correct. Yeah, no, that's all that? really awesome. And so, and then part of that too will be, you know, the buying power, you know, everyone asks first questions, are, are you doing competitions? I'm like, we will, uh, we don't know when, we don't know what that looks like exactly, but you know, it's like, we want to do some things. We're not trying to combat the current competition status. I mean, there's a ton of competitions out there. Uh, there's some good ones. There's some bad ones. There's some great ones. There's some scary ones and there's some awesome ones. And so, you know, but if we were able to offer, um, you know, a rebate back on, you know, spending money with us. And so it's like, you know, is that something that people would think is valuable? Yes. And so part of doing a competition, if I do a competition with us, that means the whole entire community of Modus is involved in this competition. So 
if I did a competition in Des Moines, Iowa, we would take our five members in Iowa and the modus competition would be for all five of those gyms in Iowa, plus our modus team. And we are all putting on this event together and the rebate, the money that comes back from that, the money that's earned, we all share in that profit sharing together because it's all of us that are doing that event together as one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. And then you talked about, well, so yeah, we would come together, you come to California and you get all the gyms and the gyms really have a lot more of a say of how that competition, like these are things that are important to us on the West Coast. We really sure. want to make sure that we don't, we don't need jackets at, for the, for the awards. It's, it's, it's plenty warm out here. Kids want backpacks and medals, but you know, you go to East Coast, maybe they want jackets, right? So we right. were able to more customize that sounds right. We'd be more custom, more hands-on of what an actual event would look like and what our athletes would want out of an event. Our parents would want out of the event. That sounds Yeah, totally. So it goes back to, you know, I can remember when we did our first North Carolina championship and that was, uh, you know, nine or 10 of us all-star coaches talking about, this is what we want. This is what we want to create. And we're going to put, you know, we all did the competition and literally we split the profits for everything from the store to the door between the eight gyms that were involved in this event. And so that's kind of what our thought process is for modus on whatever that looks like from the buying power, from the knowledge that we feel like we can give in conversation in, in zoom calls and our Facebook page and just, you know, calling me personally or Cole or Casey or Stacy or Kelly, you know, we don't have any secrets. We're trying to help your gym grow. And what does that look like? And so, Um, you know, and the same thing, you know, whatever we do and and the, the ideas are endless. I mean, I talked to, I was talking to a gym owner this morning and she brought up this and this, and I was like, this one is amazing. We've already talked about this. This one came out of right. It didn't even come out of right field. It came from outside of the fence and she brought it in. I was like, I love that idea. And so I was like, we need to approach and talk about that. And so, you know, we're looking for feedback from our clientele and our customers and our members to be able to give to us as much as we're going to give to them. So we're wanting to be a two-way street by all means. And if we don't have something, we want someone to be able to give us something or help us build or grow something so we can help other gyms. And so we don't know it all. We know a lot in our 150 plus years, but there's certainly a lot of information out there that we would love to get from every gym owner nationwide. Yeah, there we go. And let me throw this out there um, because we do have a, a large parent listenership with this podcast okay, shout awesome. out shout out to all the parents listening right now okay but cool. you do want parents you do want your gyms to be able to make money you know that's how coaches get paid and because cheer only operates really between the hours of four to nine o'clock right um like the average gym now some gyms have figured out a way to figure out um you know daytime programs and and utilize the space while cheer isn't actually going but a lot of gyms have not figured that out which really turns cheer into a part-time job and eventually coaches get to the point where they go well i can't have a part-time job anymore i need to find a a full-time job right a quote-unquote real job and there's lots of good coaches who leave the industry either leave the industry completely or leave to find a gym that can actually pay for you know their lifestyle right to be able to have a full-time job so parents i i don't want this to sound i don't want parents to be on the other line to oh this sounds like just a benefit to to gym owners 
but the more that Jim brings in, the more coaches can get paid. And, you know, you have better coaches who last in the gym longer, who obviously make the experience better for uh, families, athletes, parents, everyone alike. Right. And I can guarantee you too, Jason, and you know this, you've been in the gym business for more than five minutes. You know, most gyms make way less money than what parents think they make, mine included. You know, it's like, you know, it's just the reality. It is not a money grab. It is not a huge money maker. There's only a couple gyms nationwide that are really profiting at a high, high level financially. And that's just not the norm. I would say 90 to 95% of most gyms break even and barely able to pay themselves a small bonus into the, the year. And so we're hoping to reverse that for gyms to make more money so they can pay themselves a little bit more to pay their staff a little bit more. And that helps uh, the participation piece because better staff and better gym owners make for better athletes and better participation growth across the board. So you brought this up earlier about the buying power, about having with all these other gyms involved, right? Several gyms and the buying power that you're able to have. So do you mind expanding upon that a little bit? Right. So we've invited um, currently about 150 gyms to join Modus. And so um, it's basically the family and friends discount kind of thing. So it's uh, $97 a month for the first hundred programs that join Modus, or it's a thousand dollars a year, which is a little bit of cheaper. It'll just save you a little bit of money. And so whatever people prefer to do. Um, so for those first hundred gyms, you get the cheaper rate. Uh, you get a higher rebate when we start doing other events or other things. And so the reality is, is we're trying to look at, you know, what is the buying power of a hundred gyms? And that could be anywhere from, you know, 800 to a thousand teams. And so what is a thousand teams buying power if it's 17 or 18,000 athletes? And um, our goal is, is what does this look like to be able to be all in the same um, like-mindedness of what we want as far as um, things that we could buy for our gyms from equipment to shoes to, uh, you know, whatever that looks like in the cheerleading world, uh, you know, trying to get, uh, you know, music or choreography companies that want to work with these, um, you know, members that are part of Modus. You know, we, we haven't even expanded what all that looks like exactly. We just know that if you have a hundred gyms, all with the same like mind is working towards the same goal to be able to help their business that we can do that as a unit together stronger. And once we have a hundred gyms, yeah. our goal will be 200 gyms and there'll be a different rate. Uh, it'll cost a little bit more for the next hundred. Once we get to 200 gyms, there'll be another rate to get to 300 gyms and 400. And so our, our goal is 500 gyms in the next couple of years. We want Modus to be a household name uh, in the all-star cheer world. And so, um, that's what our goal is to be able to make a community of gym owners and programs working together to be able to help our business and grow financially, grow participation wise, grow with coaches and everything that comes with that. So the buying power as a unit is much better with one or two or 300 gyms than it is, you know, just as a gym by themselves. Most mm -hmm. gyms are on their own on an island and don't have any buying power. And, you know, they might have worked with an association, been with a group before or tried some things in the past, but uh, it's just hard to maintain it um, unless it's just really what your full time job is. And so that's what we're trying to do with Modus to be able to help gyms together in this community that we're building. 
You know, it kind of reminds me of is, which is not the same level, but it does remind me of it. You know, they they have team rooms at these big events. Hey, you get, you want team rooms just for places for the programs to hang out before they actually go to the warm up room and actually go and compete. But they always give them to the biggest programs, right? And so, you know, when we go to Spirit Sports, we're one of the biggest programs there. We bring all of our elite teams. And so we usually, you know, pretty easily get a team room. But when we go to NCA, we only bring two teams. And obviously, NCA is a huge event. And it's like, man, are we right. going to be able to get a team room? So we, we always buddy up with two other gyms. Um, so shout out to um, Allie and Chris who always buddy up with us. But, you know, we're able to get a room because we buddy up with a couple right. other gyms. And then we have more, you know, buying power per se. Um, so real quick, the cost you said for the first 100 gyms that sign up, $97 a month or $1,000 a year. Is that correct? Correct. And we're looking for a two-year commitment. Okay. And then go ahead and expand on that. Well, we just feel like uh, in this first year, we're trying to get to 100 gyms and we're seeing how long that takes. Uh, You know, we don't have a lot of buying power right now with only 25 gyms signed up. So we need a few more to get to that point. And, uh, you know, what that looks like in year two, we're basically saying we want you to rely on myself and Cole and Casey and Stacy and Kelly uh, going, you know, this is what we can offer you based on what our knowledge is and what our experience is and what that looks like for the future. And if you believe in us or believe in anything that we've done in the past, that you hopefully feel that this is going to be successful and be an awesome thing for your gym, your program, you yourself, your coaches and your clientele uh, by being a MODIS member. And so uh, we're, you know, looking at what we feel like we'll be able to do in a two year span you know, and there's no contracts to sign. You don't have to give away your firstborn. Uh, you don't have to sign in blood or anything. We're just saying, hey, we want you to join part of us. Uh, we want you to see, you know, uh, you know, a return on your investment of joining this modus community. And, um, you know, if you believe in what we're doing and the direction we're going, uh, our goal is to, you know, quadruple your money in a couple of years based on your association with us and your membership with modus. There we go. All right. So Kevin, I always ask this question when I go to new restaurants, I always ask like the server, you know, I've never been there before. I'm looking at the, you know, the, the menu, I have so many things on here and I always ask the server, all right, what should I get? That's going to make me want to come back. Right. Like I want to know like, what's the best thing on this menu. So I'll give you, I'll give you kind of the same question. What, tell me just the number one reason why Jim should join Modus. I think the community, we've said that word so many times, I've said it a lot in this interview, is to be able to have big brother, big sister, little brother, little sister, whatever that looks like, to feel like you're not on an island. I talked about earlier, too many gyms went out of business. Too many gyms are struggling. Too many gyms do not pay themselves enough money, gym owners, that is. And, um, you know, we want to build a community, not just for you to take and absorb and learn and grow but to give back to us as well. And so I've learned, I mean, I've been, uh, I've been involved in church my whole life. My father was a pastor. I've been a deacon and elder. My wife and I lead a group uh, in our marriage ministry on Monday nights in our home. And, you know, my, my favorite thing about serving our church is, is what I get from that because I serve. And so we want that same thing with Modus. We want people to serve and be involved with Modus and it's going to help themselves personally and help their business as well. And so just the biggest thing is the community. You know, it's like, I want, 
to talk to my favorite thing in the world is talking to gym owners, small, big alike. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to help their business. And I know Casey and Cole and Stacy and Kelly, we love the gym business and we want to see it grow. And we want to see gyms prosper, not just this year, or the next, but for many years to come. And so we're saying modus means movement. We're saying, join the movement. We want you to be involved and this revolution of how we're going to change all-star cheerleading by starting with what the most important thing in all-star cheer is the gym itself. And that's what we think is uh, the priority or we want it to be the priority for everyone involved. All right. So let's get to our final four questions. Okay. Before we wrap this thing up. All right. So what needs to start, stop, or change in the industry? um, I think prices are too high for things in general. Um, and I'm not sure how to change that. I mean, we have some ideas of what we can do. Um, I understand that, you know, competitions cost one thing. I think some are just too expensive. I think uniforms cost one thing. I think some things are too expensive. You know, I, I, you know, I think some, some music is great and some music is too expensive. You know, I just think the expense, you know, we've priced people out of, being able to afford to do all-star cheerleading. If I didn't own a gym personally, I'm not sure my two daughters would cheer because it's just so expensive. Uh, My oldest cheered for 15 years at Charlotte All-Stars and my youngest cheered for 12. And it's just an expensive sport. And so I understand that some things cost money, but I just think the cost is too high and too expensive in general for most things. And so, um, you know, I know our gym we actually tried to keep tuition the same the last couple of years from COVID to now, just be able to try to keep people in the sport and uh, cut back on some of the extra bells and whistles just to try to be able to, you know, make our profit margins be somewhat the same, but it's just so hard because events have just raised and increased so much and hotels cost more and music costs more and uniforms cost. I mean, literally everything costs more. And I get that we expected some increase in costs, but we think the increase is higher than it should be. And that's just my yeah. personal feeling. So we would love to drive that back down somewhat. So gym owners and coaches can make more money. There you go. hundred percent agree with you. All right, here we go. Uh, what's a myth rumor or narrative that you want to debunk? Um, well, so here's a little trivia. So I am proud to have invented the full up. And so um, to my knowledge, we were the first to do it. We did full ups to prep at NCA all-star nationals in 1994. And so I made up the stunt with Julie O'Brien, my former business partner, may she rest in peace. Uh, She died last year, but we were playing with a stunt group and trying to figure out how we could get flyers to twist. And we did the grip with the primary having the right, you know, hand around the ball of the foot and twisting the flyer. And we did it about five different directions, including the Ruby slipper was one of the original ones that we did. And we stuck with the the traditional full up grip. And so we were the first to do full ups in 1994 at NCA nationals. And we did full up to lib uh, in 1995 at UCA nationals. And so I'm proud to be the inventor of the full up as well uh, in all star cheer. You know, it's so funny. All, all of our listeners, our dedicated listeners 
are going to know this already. We had Les Stella on a few episodes ago, and Les Stella said he invented the full up. He said, I invented, Les said, I invented the grid. He's like, I, weren't, I wasn't the first one to do a full up to the top, but we did 360 to sponge, but it was the right grip. So now we got a fact check. You know, too bad there's not um, a copyright or videos that we have access to because now we have two people claiming they invented the full up. <laughs> well, Les is way younger than me, so I don't know what year he was at his gym in Georgia, but uh, <laughs> it was after 94, I can tell you that. So there we um, go. there's some NCA footage from 1994. That was at Christmas in 19. 19- oh, here's, here's one for you. Ready for this? Yeah. The mom that was the flyer on one of my original Charlotte All-Star teams in 1994 that did the full up to prep her daughter cheers for us now at Charlotte all She's on our junior four team. So that same mom is one of the originals. And so now her daughter is cheering at Charlotte all-stars this year. It's pretty, pretty awesome. That's cool. Good stuff. (laughs) I'm gonna start telling people I invented the full up. All right. Uh, All right. Two more questions. Uh, Who else should we have on the show? Oh man. Um, I mean, obviously my business partners, Cole and Casey are the best. I mean, they are so private and such introverts. It's kind of funny. You know, I'm the extrovert of all of us. Well, Kelly's an extrovert, obviously I am, but Stacy, Cole and Casey, they are walking books of knowledge. So I know we have this group of modus. So do you want to take a guess out of the five of us? Who's by far the most smart and is the one that keeps all the knowledge put together. Do you want to take a guess on who the five, who is the one that does everything? Uh, I'm going to go. I had a brief conversation with Cole. Oh, well, no, I'm going to go Stacy. I'm going Stacy. Yeah, you're totally right. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy Rowe is a genius and she is so smart and I'm so lucky to be partnered with her, dude. I mean, she basically tells Cole and Casey and I what to do and we just say, yes, ma'am. And we try to do yeah. it and try not to make her mad, but yeah, she is a walking encyclopedia of business and knowledge and cheer and dance. And just, she cares so much, dude. I mean, she, she is the, one of the smartest women I've ever met, not only in cheer, but just in life in general. So she is amazing. So we are lucky that we are partnered with her because she's freaking awesome. So she really is. There you go. So, so shout out to Stacey. You know, she has a book coming out, right? Like a journal yeah. coming out right now. Yeah. So shout out oh, to yeah, we use it. It's amazing. Uh, the cheer journal, the dance journal, our, our team, our world, our top elite teams use the cheer journals and they love them. They are amazing. I'll give her a plug for it. It has been so awesome to help our teams practice, to focus, to concentrate. And it, it's been awesome. We've been doing it since our summer camp and it's been phenomenal. So her book, she wrote a personal like book, like a regular book book. Mm-hmm. That's a thriller that my wife, I don't read books. I mean, I read my Bible, but other than that, I don't really read anything else, mm-hmm. but that book was amazing. But her cheer journals are really awesome. They're pretty cool. I, I highly recommend them for anyone that wants to use them. And I would say, have you had Tammy Van Fleet on? I have. I've actually had her on twice. Okay. Wow. So she's amazing. I mean, obviously her story, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody cares about kids and coaches more than Tammy. I mean, she is salt of the earth. She is a light in a dark world. She is so good for our sport. I don't know if there's anyone in our business that sold to both Jamfest and varsity. She's mm-hmm. lucky to be able to do <laughs> both of those and still be on top uh, in what she's mm-hmm. doing. So, I mean, she is an amazing woman. Uh, when I grow up, I want to be as kind and awesome as Tammy Van Fleet. She's yeah, pretty phenomenal. Sure. Shout out to Tammy. 
Tammy, see you November 6th. Um, all right, here we go. Final question. Kevin, how can people connect with you if they want to email you, follow you, you know, or Modus online or the website, social media, anything you want to plug? Now's your chance. Okay. Uh, well, I'll give uh, my email. Our, our website is uh, www.joinmodus.com and it's M O T U S. And so it means movement in Latin, but www.joinmodus.com. And my email is Kevin at joinmodus.com. And my cell number is, I'm not scared to give it out. I mean, thousands of people have my cell number. It's been the same for 33 years is 704-609-1111. And I'm glad to talk or text with anybody. I don't have any secrets. I'm glad to help your gym, your business, any way, shape or form that I can. And, um, you know, glad to hear from anybody in any way, shape or form. If you're ever in Charlotte, Come to Charlotte All-Stars. I'd love to go to lunch and talk to you about your gym, your business, your coaching, your kids, whatever that is. Um, you know, I love cheer and I love people. And so glad to help in any way I can. There we go. Kevin, you're welcome back anytime. Jason, it was a pleasure, man. God bless you and your wife and your family and your kids that you coach and your whole program. This podcast has been amazing. I've really enjoyed the experience. And so have me back, please, another time. And uh, best of luck to you this season. Look forward to seeing you soon. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the show. It was an honor and a pleasure interviewing you and having you share your story and your vision with our audience. Best of luck with Modus. And I hope tons of people join. Everyone else, thank you for joining us. Share this podcast. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Take the survey. Make a donation. Until next time, five, six, seven, eight, we're out. Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners, although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and I'll see you guys next week. Gym owners, directors, coaches, can you relate to this? You say to yourself, this season is going to be different. We're going to get all of our teams on the same page. Or maybe you're saying, we're going to get all of our coaches on the same page. You look out as the teams are practicing, or maybe as they are competing, and you know you can do more. Let me help you. I work with several gyms, large and small, each season, whether it's the summer and we do a coaches clinic or a stunt camp, or it's during the season and we do an in-person routine cleaning. I even do routine video reviews if you're just looking for some thorough feedback of the routine. You send me your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with everything I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I have worked with have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at jasonlarkins@me.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at jasonlarkins. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's show. Do me a quick favor, hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about this podcast. It's a great way for you to show your support for the channel. I'm your host, Jason Larkins, and you've reached the end of Let's Talk Cheer with Jason. Thanks for listening.